What's up, mortals? This is Awesome Myths and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. In this episode, I'll be telling the story of the god Baldur and his eventual death due to sleazy jerk Loki, the fun time ruiner. If you couldn't tell, it's from Norse mythology. Baldur was the favorite son of Frigg and Odin. Even when counting his half-brother Thor, and especially when counting his full brother Hod, because nobody liked Hod. Look, I know parents say that they don't have a favorite, but, you know, have you considered that they lie, like, a lot? Like, you shouldn't swim after eating, or that Santa is real. Or if you do well in school and go to college to get a degree, then you're guaranteed a good, high-paying job. Ha! Really got us with that one, Mom and Dad, you scamps. Balder was loved by all. He was so handsome and kind and generous and handsome that he exuded light. Like, think about how ridiculous that sounds. This guy's good nature and handsomeness manifested into visible light. He was so delightful to be around that he quite literally brightened the world around him. Everyone loved this guy. But Balder is plagued by nightmares. He keeps seeing his own death followed by the events of Ragnarok. Ragnarok is the Norse end of times. When the giants and the monsters go to war against the gods and pretty much everyone ends up super murdered. Thor kills a snake and then dies to its venom. Odin gets eaten by a wolf, and then Vidar kicks the wolf in the face. Surtur burns everything, and Loki captains a ship made out of toenails. No one is happy about that last part, not even the monsters. Everyone has their limits, and toenail boats should be on everyone's list. Now, in Norse mythology, dreams were considered prophetic. So everyone is freaking out that their favorite person could be in danger. Odin journeys off on his eight-legged horse, Sletnir which is the fastest horse in the world and is the result of Loki being filled by 22 inches of sea biscuit. He takes Sleipnir to the underworld to awaken a Jotun seer from the dead in order to discuss his son's dreams with her. And this woman must be super legit if Odin is off seeking her counsel. Odin, who sends off his birds to gather all the wisdom and who hung himself from the world tree for rune knowledge and who traded his eye to access... He traded his eye for access to Mumir's well of knowledge, and even learned the magic Seedir when everyone else was like, hey, that's for girls, and Odin is just like, shut up, knowledge is power. So Odin has to visit the Jotun woman in disguise because as a Jotun, she hates him. The Jotun tells Odin that the underworld is planning a big feast because the god Baldr is, is soon to join their ranks and even the dead love him. Odin asks her, who will avenge Baldur's death? And she says the god Odin will bang a princess and their child will grow up in a single day and then kill the murderer. The Jotun woman pretty quickly realizes that it's actually Odin in disguise, which is crazy to me that he's actually wearing a disguise and is found out, but when they shove Thor's overly muscular ass in a dress and present him as Freya, the goddess of beauty, no one had any idea. Like, how little effort did Odin have to put in to his costume? Did he just switch which side his eye patch is on, hoping everyone in the Nine Realms is as bad at recognizing, recognizing faces as the citizens of Metropolis? Odin returns home distraught, and Frigg decides she'll take matters into her own hands. So she goes to everything in the world. And I mean everything. Not like every person or every living being, every animal, just all of the things, all of them. And makes them each promise never to harm her son. And the things agree. 
Why would they want to hurt the god of being so nice that it radiates out of him in actual light? She asks all the things except mistletoe, of course, because if she asked mistletoe, then we wouldn't have a story. So Frigg returns home and tells everyone that Baldur is now super invulnerable. And you know what all the gods do, being who they are, need to immediately test this theory by hurling all sorts of rocks, knives, and axes at him. Like, I wonder who was the first to step up and start throwing stuff. It was probably Thor. Like, he seems like the kind of guy to hear that something's indestructible and immediately try to break it. I bet he didn't even hesitate. He just whipped his hammer at Baldur before Frigg even finished her sentence. But it turns out she was telling the truth, and Baldur ended up being virtually indestructible. This becomes a big game for the gods. They all like to hurl random things at Baldur because he can't get hurt by them. And I imagine he could still get annoyed. Imagine walking through Asgard and the gods are just tossing all their garbage at you. Because why not? It doesn't hurt. I know it can't physically hurt him, but I imagine being everyone's perpetual target has got to hurt your feelings. Like, how many times did Baldur have to sigh and say, We already know that feces doesn't, feces doesn't hurt. Can we just stop throwing feces? It doesn't do damage, but it's gross, and it stains my clothes, and it stinks. And Loki just kept throwing feces because that's who Loki is. Everyone is having a grand old time, chucking stuff at Baldur, except for Hod, who is blind and therefore can't aim. Loki decides to step in and right this grave injustice. And he does this by overhearing Frigg telling someone that mistletoe is the only substance in the entire Nine Realms that has any hope of harming her son, and Loki goes off and fashions a weapon out of exactly that. Loki earns his nickname of Sleazy Jerk Loki, the Good Time Ruiner. So it's unclear if he makes an arrow or a spear or a dart, but what's important is that it's made out of mistletoe and it's meant to stab things. So Loki then invites Hod to join in on the fun of throwing things at his brother, and Hod is all for it. Loki then helps Hod aim his stabby stick at Balder. Now, Hod's aim is impeccable for someone who can't see at all. In order to get it so precise, I imagine Loki got real close, thrust his pelvis into Hod's butt, and guided his arms like they do in every poorly written romance moment in movies. Like, yeah, sorry, the only way I can possibly teach you this thing is with excessive groping after I slam my genitalia into yours. And the audience is like, oh, what a nice scene to watch two people dry humping. So what happens when you throw someone's only weakness directly into their heart? Balder dies, and Hod is all like, yeah, I participated, until he realizes that no one else is making a sound. All the gods are staring in disbelief because they all just watch Balder get murdered. Odin is upset at the death of his favorite son, and is like, well, I better go bang that princess now so my new son can kill my other son because my blind son, who clearly had no idea the severity of his actions, is obviously 100% at fault, no questions asked, gotta go bang a princess. Frigg decided to be a little bit more helpful and asked if any of the gods in attendance of what is now a murder scene were brave enough to journey off to the underworld and ask Hel if she'd be willing to let this one slide. Like, I know you preside over death and everything, and you represent a cosmic law of the universe, but, like, can you ease up on the paperwork this one time? Maybe just let a soul slip away. No one will blame you. Hermod offers to make the journey. Now, I assume most of you are asking, who the hell is Hermod? And it's a fair question, because he only appears in this story, even though he's allegedly also Odin's son. Like, there seems to be some debate on his name possibly meaning Odin's boy, as in Odin's servant, 
but he and Balder are referred to as brothers later in the text. So imagine only getting one story in all of Norse mythology, and it's to deliver a message. Hermod is essentially the god of being everyone's bitch. So while Hermod was making his ride, which takes nine days through the underworld, everyone else set up a lavish funeral pyre for Balder. They loaded Balder's ship, Hringhorny, up with all this treasure and stuff, including his wife Nana, because Nana got so sad when her husband died that she died too of sadness. So they just heave-hoed her onto the boat with him. Odin even places his ring Dropnir on the pyre for his son. Dropnir was a self-replicating gold ring that dropped off nine copies of itself every night and crashed the world economy. I have an episode about how it and all this other crazy stuff that was made by dwarves because Loki decided to give Thor's hair a haircut, to give Thor's wife's a haircut. You can check it out after this one. Odin also whispers something to Balder that is never revealed and is like referenced in a bunch of other myths. The problem with loading Balder's ship up with all this stuff is that it got stuck in the sand and the gods couldn't actually launch it out to sea because of how overloaded it was. They were like, if only Balder was here, he was great at this. All right, the dead thing. So they called the brawniest being in the whole universe, a giantess named Hirokin, and good on the Vikings for letting women be brawny too. Hirokin, or Withered by Fire, showed up riding a wolf and using two venomous snakes as reins because she's badass and that's what badasses do. She gives the boat such a mighty push that it shakes the earth she manages to get the thing out to sea. Thor is all angry and emotional, just in general, but like especially now due to his brother's death, and he has a general hatred of all things Jotun. So when he sees Hirokin, he immediately wants to kill her with his hammer. Like, yeah, fat chance there, Sparky. She's the brawniest being in the universe. Did you miss her sweet ride or something? The other gods manage to calm Thor down enough where he doesn't try to kill Hirokin, but instead settles for picking up a dwarf and punting it onto the burning ship. And that's how Thor invented rugby, which I think is how that game is played. So now back to no one's hero, Hermod, out on his only quest ever. He finally reaches the bridge to cross the river Yul, which is guarded by the giantess Modgud. Her name either means battle fury or battle weary, which seems like a very important detail because those names are the opposite and one is way scarier to face in the other world in the underworld than the other. Like maybe it depends which side of the battle she woke up on that day. Also, I don't know how you get to the underworld, but the fact that Hernod and Sleipnir have to cross a bridge means they just took a road, I guess. Modgood wonders why Hermod has came has come all the way to the underworld, and when he tells her that he's on a quest to ask Hell to save his brother, she just lets him pass. No fight, no fuss, no nothing. So it's definitely the tired one. Hermod reaches Hell and tells her about how all the gods wept when Baldur died and asks if she can release him from her realm. Hell says that she will on the condition that every being in the universe weep for him. And it's not as ridiculously impossible as you might imagine, considering Frigg already went and asked all the things in the universe not to hurt him. So like, what's another trip to talk to everything in existence? Hermod relays the message and Frigg gets to work. Her efforts are 99.9999999% successful. But of course, a single giantess refuses to weep for the fallen god. The giantess is none other than Loki in disguise, 
being the biggest ass in the universe. So Balder has to stay in the underworld, and all the gods are sad about it. Odin bangs his princess. He has a new son that grows up in a day and kills Hod for being responsible for Balder's death. But that's not actually where this story ends. See, there's two important things to go over. One is that Vikings invented the rap battle. They would have contests called flighting that involved the participants insulting each other in verse. So, yo mama jokes are timeless. Humans have never changed. We've always been the same. The second is that Loki can't help being a giant asshole at all times. So he gets real drunk one day and kills a servant in Asgard. All the other gods are real angry with him, but he's got the confidence of several barrels of mead, so Loki doesn't back down. He goes on to insult every single god in the room, one at a time, and in verse. He calls Bragi a coward, then he calls Bragi's wife Udu, Idun a whore, he says he can bang Tyr's wife whenever he wants, and he also calls Freya a whore. Then Odin steps up and is like, hey, you remember that time you spent eight years on Earth as a woman who milked cows and gave birth? And Loki is like, you remember that time that you wandered around the Earth disguised as a fortune teller and knocked on people's doors like a loser? And they both go back and forth. It goes back and forth, back and forth, either until in one version, Thor shows up and Loki shits himself because he knows Thor is always eager to use his hammer. Or Frigg tells Loki that if her son Balder were here, then Loki wouldn't be so mouthy. And Loki, in his booze-filled rampage, is like, oh, your dead son Balder, who is super dead and no longer alive, thanks to me? Yeah, I carved the stabby mistletoe thing and tricked Todd into throwing it, and I killed your stupid perfect son, who, might I remind you, is now dead. And at this point, everyone is pissed off, and it's the last straw for Loki. He knows he screwed up, and he tries to run away, so he turns into a salmon, but salmon are bad at running, so the gods catch him. They turn Loki's son Narfi into a wolf. Then they sick wolf Narfi on Loki's other son Nari. After Nari gets disemboweled, the gods take his entrails and use them to bind Loki to a big rock because the Vikings are the most metal people to have ever existed. Then, just because, the gods place a big venomous serpent over Loki's body, so it can drool venom into his eyes continuously forever. Sigyn, who is Loki's wife, who, for whatever reason, stayed married to him as he was getting plowed by other men, holds a bowl over his face to catch the venom. But, you know, it's a bowl, so it fills up, so she has to move it to dump it out, and that's when Loki gets some steaming hot venom right to his eyes, courtesy of Big Snaky Boy. Loki does eventually get out when Ragnarok starts, and afterwards, some stories actually have Balder coming back from the dead to lead the surviving gods, though this is likely some meddling due to those pesky Christians to try and make Balder more like Jesus. That's the end of the episode. If you enjoyed, you know, like, leave a rating, maybe tell a friend.